Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's up? Not much. What's going on with you? What's up, Bull Nation? Uh, man, it's, it, it, it was looking pretty bad <laughs> for us, but, um, you know, we, we actually are able to go into the new year with a W in the win column, so pretty happy about that. Um, should be two. Yes, it should be. We but we're not going to get ahead of ourselves with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if you hadn't seen the game, um, it was the Bulls versus the Golden State Warriors, and you know it it looked like the Bulls were going to win. Zach Levine hit that shot to put us up two with about five seconds left, and you know, um, Damian Lee hit a game-winning three. Um, but the whole time the the Golden State Warriors were trying to inbound on that last play, I'm I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, five seconds, five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you and just about everybody that's a Bulls fan was saying the exact same thing. I was looking at it, I'm like, are they going to call that? Are they going to call that? Are they going to call it? it? It just didn't happen. Yeah, so that led to that that um, Damian Lee game-winning shot. And then the next day, the NBA released the last uh, two-minute report on, you know, missed calls. or And, you know, they say that, Golden State not only should have been called for that five seconds on the inbound play, but there should have been an offensive foul called on one of the Warrior players. And yes, like, Kevin Looney. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, well, you owe us a win then because we should have <laughs> won that game. Yeah, I mean, I look at that game and, you know, it. you really can't just come down to, like, what happened in the last seconds because – uh, one thing I was looking at when Zach Levine made his his um, his go his uh, go ahead basket, I was like, "Ah, uh, five seconds to stop on this thing. <laughs> Why did we go so soon?" But you know, like that's the opening that he was given, and um, he took the shot that he he was um, you know capable of making, and the ball went in. I- I'm not really going to fault the Bulls on what they didn't accomplish in that game. Because if you look at the stats, like the stats are very misleading. If you, if you go with just the stats alone with the majority of the stats, the bulls totally took away anything. The Warriors were throwing at them. They led in rebounds. They led in shooting percentage. They led in three point percentage. They led in blocks. And the one thing that it came down to was the turnovers and yeah. you know we keep talking about this team and they're they're a young team and we know that Kobe is running the point which is something that he hasn't done you know for the majority well his entire career going back to his high school days he wasn't really a point guard he was more like a scoring just another scoring guy, guard so he didn't really have to open up things for his teammates 
Uh, but the turnovers, the turnovers are what killed them. I think um, they had like 24 turnovers and like even Zach has seven of them. And when you when you think about like your star player, like we've been asking a lot of Zach and asking him to, you know, um, you know, get better on the defensive end, uh, just be more of a leader out there, even though he's been doing that since he arrived in Chicago with the leadership role. But just more, being more of a complete player on the defensive end, but you can't have your star player like giving away seven turnovers by himself. That's that's just going to be a recipe for disaster. Yeah, um, when Billy Donovan, you know, he was asked about the refs missing those calls, he says, you know, I'm sure we'll be on the other side of it during the season too. I mean, it happens, but we gave up 24 turnovers, so it should really even came down to last five seconds and yeah that's that was the major thing that uh kind of kept the bulls from that victory um like you said zach he had the problem turning it over seven times um that that's the thing with zach his his issue this season so far has kind of been the turnovers and it he he kind of had that issue last year because you know he has the ball in the sands a lot and he's pretty much been relied on to be a playmaker and i think not having like a pure point guard out there next to him kind of puts that pressure on Zach to have the ball more trying to make plays for other yeah um with you know with Kobe still learning the point guard position as well um so those issues were bound to happen, but you know, um with Sadoransky coming back into the lineup, um he's kinda taking the pressure off of them both with um in regards to helping with the playmaking and the passing. I mean, he looked pretty good um in the Bulls victory last night. Yeah, you know, it it's really like again, it, it's gonna come down to the fact this is a really young team, but with them having uh, so many injuries from last year, um, you know, we, we talked about this in our last podcast. We were, like, talking about how you had to throw um, Chris Dunn in the middle and be your starting forward, which, you know, didn't make a lot of sense, but you go with the players that you have. But with Sadoransky coming back in, I think this will be a bounce-back year for him uh, because I don't really think that he fit what, Boylan was trying to get this team to implement on a regular basis. I think it kind of just took away his his game. But um, with him coming in and just being able to come in with that second unit and kind of slow things down and let let things open up a little bit more for those guys so that they can focus on – so Kobe and, and Levine can focus on what they do best, which is, you know, putting the ball in the hoop. I think that that really – will help this team going forward and just basically getting a lot of veterans back on this team. Like Garrett Temple wasn't on this team last year, but you really see like what he adds to this team. He knows where to be defensively. He know he knows how to either go underneath the screen or, you know, uh, uh, just, just basically like the nuances of playing defense, which is something like it's a, a, a totally different, um, thing for this particular team because you just have a lot of guys who just aren't that comfortable with guarding their man and knowing where they're supposed to be to cover up the miscues that might be happening out there on the floor. 
But you have a lot of guys who are coming in with that veteran presence, and it's really, really helping to solidify this team. Uh, once Zach goes out or once Kobe goes out, you, you're, it kind of slows things down for him. I, I go back to like when you look in the gym and there's like this hot shot team of a whole bunch of athletes and they can jump all over the place and they, they have a, a wet shot. But then they go up against a bunch of old guys in the gym who just know how to play the game. They, they know how to, to move without the ball. They know how to get into different positions. That, that, that um, veteran presence that the Bulls need is now there. So I, that's going to be tremendous for them move, moving forward. Right, exactly. Um, it, you know, as, as a Bulls fan, you you remind yourself, you know, that this is a new coach, a new system. You know, the players um, have to get ready. They didn't have much of a off season and a preseason because of the pandemic. But it isn't. It doesn't help you game time when you're watching TV. And you're you're yelling at the TV like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll I'll put it like this. This team did not get blown out by 51 points. <laughs> this team didn't get blown out by 40-something points. I'm not going to point any fingers at other teams. But they have not been the laughing stock of the league this week. So that is a step in the right direction in and of itself. So I I think that that's something that they can hang their hats on. We We haven't been the worst team this entire week so that's that's something right that's why we said uh hope for the best prepare for the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh to your point um you know billy donovan he's been going with kind of like the young guys in the starting lineup and then he's having the veterans off the bench and i think he's also learning like how to mix the young guys and the veterans in there and it's really like starting to come together um like it worked pretty good last night as they picked up the win against the wizards yeah when i was looking at that game um well first of all going into it we knew it was going to be tough uh when you have all-star level talents like beal and westbrook out there you got to account for those guys every single time they're dribbling the ball up the court because you know those guys are capable of you know, scoring in, in just in seconds and just totally breaking down your defense. But I thought the Bulls, for the most part, did a good job of from getting comfortable with their shots. Uh, you saw, like, the game plan going in. You, you could tell they were like, okay, we're not going to let Westbrook beat us to the basket. Um, and you saw that guys played the, the smart way defensively with them, with crowding the paint backing off of him and daring him to shoot a pull-up jumper. Uh, you saw with Beal, he was getting shots, but it wasn't quite as comfortable for him. And, you know, I, I was really surprised, and I guess at this point I shouldn't be surprised because it's it's only been four games, but we've seen from the, um, the, the minute that uh, Patrick Williams has stepped on the court, he has a, a, an outstanding – recognition of how to play defenses when they would go on and switch off between him and other guys on the court when they were guarding Westbrook there were times that um, Westbrook and I think it was the center Bryant they were playing the pick and roll and the ball was moving all over the court 
but guys just knew where their positioning was supposed to be. Like if they if they needed some guy to uh, move over and step step in, if a guy got beat off the dribble, you saw guys positioning themselves. But I was I was really uh, just taken a taken aback by P. Will's um, ability to be able to break down what was happening for the other team. Uh, defensively, his ab- ability to just switch back on other defenders, uh, not panic if he was on two guys and he just recognized which guy he needed to take a shot away from. There was one time where it was Beal and Bryant out on the perimeter and somehow uh, one guy who was guarding Beal lost track of his man. So it, it kind of left Beal and Bryant at the, the three-point range. Well, he didn't panic. He knew that he could lay off of Bryant, but he went directly to the guy that was capable of scoring a shot right back then until the uh, other guy rolled over. I think it was Laurie on one of those particular plays. So I'm just really surprised that the impact that he's having, even though it's, you know, it's not having showing up in the box core um, exactly what he's he's been able to do. But just his ability to recognize where he needs to be defensively has really, you know, really helped this team. Definitely. As we said, Patrick Williams was defense ready as soon as he stepped into the NBA and you know everything he does just looks very smooth. He, he doesn't rush. He takes his time. It's like he he's 19, but he plays like, as you said, one of the old guys that just know how to play the game and knows all the nuances to it. And, you know, that's pretty much how his game is, even as a 19-year-old rookie. Um, you know, he he was going up against who a lot of the Bulls nation wanted the Bulls to take with their draft pick, uh, Denny. And, you know, he, he had that tipping over him like, hey, uh, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> um, yeah, I was surprised he was he, able to actually – not surprised that he could out-jump Denny, but – just be able to get his hands on the ball in general. Like that ball had to be a good, I don't know, five, six feet away from him. And just the ability to get off the ground and get over Denny to be able to tack it, uh, tap it into the basket. That was, that was a, a pretty awesome play. I mean, it was kind of like, a, this is who y'all wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I will say though, um, going back to those other games, like we knew like Atlanta, like coming in, the Bulls had a decent shot of losing that game because, you know, hadn't played together, hadn't gotten accustomed to Billy Donovan's system. So, you know, they were going to they were going to come in probably more than likely not prepared. But what I really saw from the uh, the games from Indiana until Washington you started to see how refs were kind of showing the Bulls some respect. Like in that Indiana game, the Bulls are getting beat up left and right, going to the basket uh, when people were closing out on them. Uh, DeMontis was bullying Wendell Carter. There was a couple of games where – or not a couple of games, but a couple of times in that game where he just was bowling over Wendell Carter and he was, you know, uh, just – Getting his getting whatever he wanted close to the plenty of times that they could have called offensive fouls on on a lot of those guys, but you see as these teams as these games have gone forward, 
you, the Bulls have been a lot more aggressive in going to the basket, seeking out contact. And you've been seeing the refs actually calling fouls against the other team. So I think with this team, you know, the more they stick with it, they see they need it to, to not play a perfect game, but just up their game versus Golden State. You see the all-out effort that they put in for Washington. And it, the Bulls now know, know that they as a young team, they need to bring that energy every single time. So hopefully this is something that is going to propel them moving forward. Yeah, well, you know, you're you're going to be a lot more aggressive and go to the basket when you have a coach that's not just telling you to stand outside and shoot three-pointers every possession. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it's really been surprising seeing what um, Laurie Markkinen has done. He's been one of the most consistent players, uh, and I know it's a small sample size, but the beginning of this year, he's been one of the most consistent players. And I'll tell you, just looking at the games, Laurie hasn't, gotten beaten by the guy that he's defending. And what I mean is, Laurie's been holding his own and playing better than that guy. Last year, I don't know if we could string together four games where we could actually say that Laurie was actually playing better than the guy that was defending him. But it's, um, it is pretty exciting to see what Laurie is doing, moving around without the basket without the uh, the ball in his hands and just trying to be more aggressive. Yeah, Laurie is looking more like the Laurie that we became uh, known to call as the finisher. He he looks like he looks engaged again. He's doesn't just blend into the background, standing out at the three-point line, waiting for a shot. He's moving without the ball. He's cutting. He's being aggressive. He's getting to the line. And, you know, that's that's what the Bulls needed from him. And that's what us as fans had wanted to see because that's how he looked in his first couple of seasons until, you know, last year. And like I said, uh, if when you're told to just stand at the three-point line, um, it, it takes away from your game. And you kind of do lose your focus. But he's looking like he's got all of that back. Um the problem is, in the game against Golden State, he uh, came up with a calf contusion. Yeah. And last night, he went out early. He said he took himself out because he couldn't move the way that he wanted to move. And that's going to be kind of concerning because we know Laurie, one of his issues is he's been having problems with staying on the floor and staying healthy. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's not as big of an issue as just the one game because I think the next game is um, what they play when is the next time they play? Play the Wizards again tomorrow. Tomorrow? That's like a... Yep, against the Wizards again. It's like a 5 o'clock time or something like that? Did, am I looking at this right? Yeah. It's, it's early. Okay. Game. So yeah, I like. hopefully it's not one of those things that lingers on because a lot of the injuries that Lurie has had with... Um, like the lower half of his body just not not being right. So hopefully uh, it's not too serious of a problem. I, I know they're going to have Thad coming back uh, any day now. So with him being in that mix with the power forward group, hopefully it's not something that is as serious and will hold this team back. But I'm I'm excited from what I'm seeing from Lori so far. 
Is he a restricted free yes. agent or is he like just he is a restricted free okay. agent. Okay. So, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of myself and say that, hey, the bull should have found a way to um you know, get him signed, but like he's definitely I know it's like, again, it's that small sample size, but he's he's proven its value to this team, not just from from um shooting three-pointers, which I you know, just looking back throughout his career, he has not been league average as a three-point shooter. But you know he has the size above the guys that he's uh, playing against to get to the rim and finish over them. So I, it's just seeing him on the move, attacking mismatches, that's something that's going to be great if this team can continue to see that from Laurie going throughout the year. Yeah, if he keeps um, up, you know, the level of his play throughout the rest of the season, I I don't see the Bulls letting him go. Um, I see them kind of, you know, matching any offer because, as we said in the last pod, the that free agent class for next year is kind of drying up because people have been signing extensions. Yeah, and just like with the Bulls in general, they're going to have Porter coming off for the, their contract the books for them. Felicio, I think, comes off of the <laughs> the books for them. <laughs> Fine. Yes. Even though, I will say, one thing good I will say about Felicio, I think he's our best screen guy on the team. There's something to be said for a guy with a big body being able to set a proper screen. It's like a lost art in, in basketball. But, um, yeah, we'll be able to see that that coming off the books. And, you know, they, they also have to look forward to see, okay, is Kobe going to be the guy that we need him to be moving forward? Um, are they going to have enough money to sign Zach also to maybe an extension? So, but it, it, there, there's a lot of good things to look at from these uh, the beginning games that we've seen so far. It, even with um, Window, Window was having a dreadful start to – the beginning of the year he was terrible in the preseason but he actually put down some points on um on Wiseman in that Golden State game I was very happy to see that see him actually come to life and play and just like in Washington he he had a lot of tough rebounds he was uh, going to the baskets taking inside shots and mid-range shots so you know he's he's playing the way you expected him to play, not with shooting three pointers from the outside, but just playing like a center can play. It's all we expected out of window. And that's, that's all we need uh, for this team going forward. Bulls nation. It took two games, but window Carter jr. Has officially shown up <laughs> to the bull season. Um, Cause he was missing you know, in action. He, he, had, <laughs> he, he, he definitely was, but these last two games, both um, he's put up a double, double. And, you know, as you were just talking about setting solid screens, that's what he's done the last few games. And that's freed um, the guys up for a few shots. So Wendell has been out there and he's been setting really good screens and that's been helping the Bulls offense. And that's that's what we were expecting from Wendell. Um, you know, he doesn't have to go out there and score like 20, 25 points every night. He, he can go and score 10 and grab 
you know, 10, 12 rebounds, and that's pretty much enough. You mean, he should be a double-double machine out there, and he's getting his chance to now be more aggressive in the offense. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we always said that his game should be Al Horford-like. So hopefully we're going to start to see more of that because the last two games, he's been looking Al Horford-like. Well, he you've, you've seen growth. Like, you know, it, it's funny. We look at a lot of these players and we ask, well, what are they learning? Are they, are they getting any better? You saw, like, Zabonis was killing him in the post in Indiana. Or not in Indiana, it was uh, in Chicago. And so what is – what does um, uh, Wendell come back and do? He starts bodying people in the post in, in Golden State. He starts doing the same thing in Washington. So he's actually learning from an op- opponent who is actually successful night against them, learning how to do those little things like set screens, uh, roll to the basket. If you have the ball and you're right underneath the basket, taking it up strong. Those are, those are all things that we know that Wendell Carter is capable of doing it's just a matter of consistency night in and night out but we we did see a little bit of growth so you know hopefully that puts it in his mind that those little things are the keys to me helping this team win and also being a facilitator in the offense right and no, like you said, with uh, Sabonis was killing them in that Pacers game. Uh, didn't he apologize to the team after that game about his effort? Um, I'm, you know, I'm mixing the Atlanta and the Indiana game up because I thought I might have said it um, in – I thought it was against Indiana. But then also we've heard the same thing from Wendell before in the past. You know, he, he needs to step up his effort, needs to be – you know, more of an energy guy. Um, this is the first time that I've heard him actually come out and apologize for it. But yeah, it was it was pretty embarrassing watching him from the the um, preseason to those first two games. It was like, dude, um, maybe we need to look at that center out of USC. That's uh, that's uh, given a lot of um, been given a lot of praise. So I don't know. Maybe something is hopefully. St- Something is hopefully, you know, lighting a fire underneath him so that he knows I got to bring it every single night. Yeah, man. I, I saw on Bulls Twitter uh, people calling for Daniel Gafford to start over him. That's crazy. Because uh, <laughs> Gafford is like, I, I love Gafford um, as a shot blocker. You know, he throws down some, some thunder dunks, but. Outside of that, there is nothing that Gafford gives you <laughs> offensively that he does well. I mean, uh, I in fact, I think last night, like he, um, I think he took a shot from the perimeter. I've never seen Daniel Gafford actually take a shot from the perimeter, and it was, it was nasty. It was, um, <laughs> it's <was> pretty bad. <laughs> so, so yeah, no. Uh, if when if. Uh, if Gafford is your starting center, I think that's that's a problem for this Bulls team, this young Bulls team that needs a legit post threat. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's interesting because we're not really sure the Gafford's going to get much minutes this season now because 
Billy Donovan, he's liked playing Laurie at the five and stretches. Um, you know, Thad's coming back in and Billy seems to, you know, trust his veterans and you know, it's been a lot of talk of the Bulls kind of playing small at times and having Thad at the center. So I mean I'm not sure if Gafford even is going to be getting that many minutes. It's definitely not starting over Wendell. And you know what? That's actually refreshing to hear. We have a logjam of guys who are talented that some of those other guys that we relied on last year might not seeing, might not see any playing time. And on <laughs> on decent to good to great teams, that's the way it should be. You know, you should have competition throughout your entire team and be playing your best players moving forward. So I love the energy that Gafford brings and, you know, the defensive presence to, to block shots. But if we can say that he might not be getting minutes because of the talent that's already on the roster, that's actually a good thing for me. Yeah, um, the same goes with Denzel. I mean, we haven't seen him since the game against the Pacers because Temple came back, Staderanski's back. So it's like, where does he get minutes? And, you know, Chandler Hutchinson, he's been playing pretty good on the minutes that he's been given. Yeah, and, you know, that's one thing that I'll say. Um, I wish – what's that song? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish, I, You know, <laughs> I wish that – Wind, uh, not window, but Valentine actually had like the slightest bit of athleticism to him because <laughs> if he did, he would be such a valuable member of this team. Like he, he makes very good decisions. He doesn't allow the game to get faster than it needs to be. He is an excellent three-point shot. Uh, so I think he could provide some value on this team, but it is – it's interesting. They they just have so many guys right now that it that can really play. So that's you know you you got to give a lot of credit to. Um, I can never pronounce his name right, but Carsonovis and Everly for building this team out the way they have so far. Yes. Um, you know, after the win in Washington, uh, it was Zach's idea to give the game ball to Billy Donovan. And then Billy Donovan, in turn, gave the game ball to Taurus Cornish. Cornish okay. And um, I, I've never heard of <laughs> Jim Boylan getting the game <laughs> ball from the team. <laughs> well, if they if they did, everybody would have heard about it <laughs> from, from Jim, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, as um, like I still don't know if this team is capable of making the playoffs, but it is refreshing to see that they actually have a, a talented, I, I, I want to go out and say a talented roster. It's just a matter of these guys playing together and gelling together and building up um, that rapport with each other. Right. And it's uh, so refreshing to have a head coach, like Billy Donovan, um, who's able to take essentially the same roster as last year and figure out how to mesh these pieces together and, you know, who should play certain minutes with 
you know, the other guys and off the bench and also moving, um, you know, Laurie to the five, you know, seeing how playing small looks it, it, um, it, it brings up that, you know, that issue that we have this log jam, like you said, not only as, at the front court, but the back court has a log jam too. Because I just thought about it, we haven't seen um, Archie Diakono as well. Oh yeah, after you know, Temple and Sadaransky's return, so you know Archie was a was used a lot last year. Yeah, I mean, I would say it with Archie, like he makes some good decisions out there on the on the court, but you know that that's a guy that's going to give you his all. Like if he and what did he did he lead the team in like um and um taking um charges last year because like he I think he was up there <laughs> yeah he had to because every single time I saw saw Archie on the ground not because somebody was blowing by him but because someone was going to the rim and he was the only guy who would step in there and actually take a charge so um you like having a guy like Archie on the team who's going to come in and compete. And even when he gets those limited chances, he's still going to do what you expect him to do. Like he's going to try his best to execute an offense and, and be a scrappy defensive player. Even though we all know, like if Archie is like your second point guard coming in, then you, you have some issues with your, with your point guard situation. Cause it, that really shouldn't be the case. So yeah, it 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 has been interesting not seeing a, some guys on the court that you're used to seeing not getting as many opportunities because the team just has so many guys who are performing. Uh, they the the team the Bulls as a whole they haven't been winning, but when you look at just going back to Golden State and I'll even say that Indiana game the second unit came in the Indiana had already uh, emptied their bench. Starters weren't expected to come out there and protect the lead that they had, but those older guys, that second unit came in there, and they actually made it more of an interesting game those last six or seven minutes to go. I think the Bulls even got it down to like 11. They were getting blown out for most of the game. So it is interesting to see guys come in there, know what they need to do, execute offensively and defensively, and just make proper decisions out there. So. We'll see going forward, but I like what I'm seeing from this Bulls unit so far. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, the Bulls are back at it at an early game tomorrow against the Washington Wizards again in D.C. So no travel time. Just, you know, get some reps in and get ready to play the Wizards again. Uh do you think the game plan changes or still pretty much get out in front of Westbrook and make it hard for Bill? Yeah, I really think that's the the game plan that they have to continue going with. A lot of those guys are that they have on the court are unproven. You know, um, Bertant scares me every single time he plays the Bulls. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Bertant scares me, but, like, Lori – like has crazy numbers against Bertans whenever whenever those two play up against each other. Sato likes playing up against his team. He always balls out versus his former team. Um, but I think um, even with Lori possibly missing the game with an injury, 
Bulls have a, a good chance to come out of that with a with a W. Yeah, definitely hoping so that we can make it two straight and two straight over the Wizards because we're going to need that <laughs> Look win at the next schedule. very <laughs> next day. <laughs> the, the very next day, we have to play Giannis and the Bucks in Milwaukee. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I still don't know who this Milwaukee team is yet. Uh, I forget, like, who Milwaukee – let me see. They, they lost to um... – to somebody I can't remember who it was and I was like really they lost to that team but uh I I still don't need know if this is the Milwaukee team that you know is going to be buying for that championship or or what because they still have a lot of guys on that team that are also new to the team and, and trying to gel and just I guess trying to like bring back that defensive intensity that Milwaukee had throughout last year. So, but that's going to be a tough out for a tough game for the um, the Bulls on the first. Gonna be brutal. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's already brutal that they have to play New Year's Eve and New Year's yeah. Day. <laughs> no partying for the Bulls, you, guys. Yeah, they lost to um, uh, the Knicks. That's, that's I was like, what? 130 to 110. That's that's who I was thinking of. I was like, I know they lost to some bad team, but but we'll yeah, our our buddy Tibbs has the Knicks at two and two. Um but you know they, they lost to the Knicks, but did you see how they dismantled the heat? Yes, I did. Like they must have had that game circled on their calendar for some type of retribution (laughs) that they were getting from that team because even though the Heat weren't playing with Jimmy Butler and, like, let's face it, without Jimmy Butler on that team, a lot of those guys are, like, what I call bubble guys. Like, Tyler Hero, (laughs) I mean, you know, I like his outside shot. I like his confidence that he has, but are you really, like, depending on Tyler Hero to get you to the next step? to try to win a championship. I I like what they've done with Bam out of Bayou, but, you know, um, he's not as consistent of a player that you would expect to be able to just create his own shot and make up shots for other people. So they were playing without Butler, so it shouldn't have come down to that. I think they might have been missing some other key player too. So we we in Florida, we'll, they'll take that take that with uh, everything else that they had going from last year and move on. But yeah, I, I don't know who this Milwaukee team is as of yet. Cause a lot of these, a lot of these teams that are playing in the NBA right now, like it's very surprising. Like you had, what it was um, Orlando, Atlanta, like Indiana were like leading the Eastern conference. Uh, so the book remains out because a lot of these teams, they're not used to this short turnaround from this pandemic. So a lot of guys aren't coming in with the same type of, you know, um, the same type of give that they would have had with having a, a, an off season to rest. Even Luca is looking really out of shape. I don't know if you've seen him. But I'm like, woo, you've been on, you've been on a <laughs> European beach just chilling for a while. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, two two updates 
for tomorrow's game. Um, Rue Hachimura. Okay, play. so that's a difference maker because that guy can play. And Lori Marketing did not oh, practice no. today. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, they're just going to give him a rest and let him get some conditioning in or if that is a sign that he'll probably sit out tomorrow. Yeah, that's because um, Hachimura, he provides a lot of interior defense from that Wizards team. And he has a, a, a decent all-around – not decent, he has a good all-around game. Young player, he's improving. So we shall see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hope for the best, prepare for the worst. <laughs> That's our motto this year. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So, um, you know, uh, that's what we're going to do for tomorrow's game and the game after that against the Bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bulls Nation, we hope you have a happy new year, and we hope that 2021 is going to be filled with plenty of W's for the Bulls. Uh Justin got any final thoughts? Um, let's just let's just let this be a season of entertainment and fun as the Bulls try to find their offensive and defensive identity under Billy Donovan. Just sit back and just watch the development. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> So a lot of uh, fans are going to be like me. We're going to watch the development, but as we're watching it, we'll be cussing <laughs> at the TV. <laughs> hope to talk to you all in 2021. And, you know, we will be talking about nothing but bull. Justin, let them know where they can uh, on follow Twitter, you at. On Twitter at he said what sports. You can follow me at young Jordan on Twitter and the pods twitter is bull nothing n-o-t-h-i-n until next time nothing but bull tennis game over the horn blow